Hey, my name is Parker Manuel, pastor of Pinewood Church in Boulder, Colorado, where our mission is to meet people where they are and point them to Jesus. Hope you enjoy today's podcast. Man, this is uh, the real Christian show up on Super Bowl Sunday, you know? You know, the game may start at 4.30 right now, but you know, I'm going to be focused on the Word of God, the truth of God. I'm going to lean in tonight. And you're not that spiritual because we're about to watch the game here in just a minute. So, I mean, don't give yourself too much credit. It's going to be fun. Hey, where are uh, my Chiefs fans in the house? I just want you to know Jesus loves you too, okay? There's a place, there's a place here for everyone. We do not exclude, we do not judge. Um, where are my 49ers fans? All right, this is where, this is where it might hurt a little. Um, where are the people in the house that could care less about what happened? I'm, I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, I, so I am cheering really, really hard tonight for Broncos 2021. If you can't tell, I am, I am going hard for the Broncos. Come on, let's sit. Bronco Nation, let, let's go. Believing that 2021 is gonna be better than 2020. The best is yet to come. All right, we believe that for our Broncos tonight. But we're so glad that you're with us and we're gonna be continuing our series, actually continuing slash closing our series of Bridges. Uh, It's been an incredible series. This is the the theme of our year is build a bridge. And so we kicked off the year with a series of bridges, talking about different types of bridges in our life. So we talked about building bridges. Then we talked about swaying bridges. Then we moved on to restoring bridges. How many of you were blessed by that message of needing to be restored? Some things in your life need to be restored. Then we talked about burning bridges. Now, I, I just, I don't know why. When I talk about burning bridges, it's like, feels like a hardcore song. We talked about burning bridges, which how many of you were blessed by Matt bringing a strong word on burning bridges? If you missed Any of those messages, I encourage you to go back on our podcast, check it out, listen to them, and I believe that you'll be blessed, and I believe that it'll help set you up for our theme for the whole year. So tonight, we're gonna conclude our series in a second. I'll tell you in a second. Uh, I wanna give you a, a thought, something to reflect on for just a second. This is very deep, lean in. Have you ever concluded a week and thought to yourself, Did I do anything of significance this week? (laughs) Anybody? Is that how most of us finish most of our weeks? (laughs) Did me tipping the barista at the coffee shop 25% instead of 20% really make a lasting impact in the world, you know? Did me complimenting that person in the gym for hitting a PR, did I... Did I really mold and transform culture? You know, you, ever, you have those thoughts? Yeah. I, I believe that many of us are on a quest for significance. And I believe on that quest, the questions that we ask at the end of every week aren't really, did I do enough random acts of kindness this week to really leave a lasting legacy? Those aren't really the questions that we ask. I believe that there's a search for something deep down in our soul for something so much greater, for something so much more. 
I love in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11, it says, he made everything appropriate for its time. He has also put eternity in our hearts. So when we think of significance and when we think of purpose and meaning, I believe that we're thinking of eternity. I wanna have an eternal purpose, a lasting, meaningful life. Uh, how many in here wanna live a life of meaning, purpose, and significance? Everybody in the house, right? I think that's literally everybody. I think even children sometimes wanna make an impact. Not always the greatest, but okay, but an impact nonetheless in our lives. I think if you're a follower of Christ and you've been a follower of Christ maybe for a really long time, you wanna make a lasting impact in the world and you wanna leave a lasting legacy. I think if you're here tonight and you're an atheist or an agnostic, to some degree, I believe that you still have eternity in your heart and you're thinking about leaving a mark on society, something that will outlive and outlast your life. I believe that this can resonate with every single person in the house. I wanna read a series of statements. I wanna see if any of these resonate with you. I want to take steps in everlasting. I want to build something that lasts. I want to leave a legacy with forever in mind. I want to live a life of eternal significance. Do any of those statements resonate with anybody in the house tonight? And you may say, you know, I'm more of a surface level person. No, I really never think of that. I think you're lying. I think deep down in the quiet of our souls, we always think about forever. Psalms 90.12 says this, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Teach us to number our days carefully. So what is this text saying? Is that saying like, I'm gonna, I, how many days do I think I'm gonna have? I think it's more of a reflection of us looking ahead at death and then reprioritizing our life with death in view. I want you to uh, write this down. I'm gonna have it on the screen as well. It says this, the wisest way to approach life is to remember the reality of death. The wisest way to approach life is to remember the reality of death. Uh, growing up, uh, basketball was my life. Um, I... It was my dream. I grew up in Chicago as a small child, and so I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, as many of you were, yeah. who were uh, born in the 80s. But, uh, <laughs> and for the rest of you, Michael Jordan was this superstar guy who, who did a lot of really cool things in basketball. <laughs> now nah, you know who he is. And I grew up the biggest Michael Jordan fan. I love Michael Jordan. I, I wanted to play just like him. I remember going out and uh, have you ever seen uh, Space Jam even? I was, I was the Space Jam kid before Space Jam. I was out there just like thinking I was Michael Jordan and the fadeaway jumper, everything. And it was my dream maybe one day I would play in the NBA. I was a kid, you know, I dreamed big. You know, and it could have happened but instead I chose to pastor, you know, it was just, I chose a different path. I chose a different path in life. It's not true. Just, just FYI, it's not true. But Michael Jordan was my idol, and I think all of us have those kind of idols or icons that we looked up to. Well, I grew a little bit older, and uh, Michael retired, but as Michael was retiring, and, and even before Michael retired, there was this other cat who was on the scene. 
this nasty baller who had this Jordan style, but his own flair to him. He was like the most like nasty, competitive, and disciplined person, but he was like the greatest class act with just this magnetic leadership about him. And his name was Kobe Bryant. And Kobe, as I grew a little bit older, became kind of the new idol in my life. And so I'd watch all of Kobe's games. I saw every one of his championships. And in my mind, as someone who's a lover of basketball and highly competitive, Kobe was the man. And Kobe, uh, a week ago, as really all of you know, um, was in a plane crash with uh, him, his daughter, and seven other people, and uh, they lost their lives in a tragic plane crash. And I remember uh, we were all, a lot, many of us were here in the room whenever we found out, and you just felt the whole, the whole room go down. I mean, this was a heavy moment. And what I found so interesting is that in that really heavy, grieving moment where so many of us just was like, we, we all looked at each other and we said, man, I have got some feels right now. And I talked to somebody else and they said, man, I don't really know how to feel. This is heavy, this is hard. And isn't it amazing uh, how uh, the tragedy of losing someone that you either love or look up to or are inspired by, even if it's somebody you don't even know. Isn't it amazing how it calls you, causes you to reflect on so much of your own life and your own legacy and what you're doing? And I, I, I wrote this down when I got home that night because, you know, when you're, when you're kind of in your head, sometimes it's really good to just kind of write down some of your thoughts. And so um, that night I... I wrote down a lot of other things, but I concluded with this. I said, it's a sobering reminder that life is a vapor and every moment matters. Heartbroken and reflective tonight. You see, Kobe was just 41 years old. Uh, Kobe was really young. And, and on many accounts, like, we would say that he was just getting started. We would say for Kobe's life, the best was yet to come. Uh, not because, like, you know, sure, like, basketball season was great, but the best was yet to come because he was leaning in as, as a dad, an incredible dad, uh, four daughters, a father. He was leaning into a lot of other venture and a lot of other uh, generous things in his life, and, and we would say that he was just getting started. And um, I believe that the reality is it was for Kobe, the reality is for you, the reality is the same for me. The, the death rate in America and in the world is still at 100. We're all going to, to die one day. We're all gonna pass away and we all have no idea when that day is gonna come. And I feel like the reality of death should really make us reflect on our life right now. What are we living for? Who are we living for? And what type of a legacy are we gonna leave? The title of the message is Lasting Bridges. You can build a lot of bridges, but not all bridges are gonna stand. But the scripture speaks very clearly to some bridges that you can build that will last forever. So the title is Lasting Bridges. And the big idea that I wanna focus on is this, is that forever starts now. Forever starts now. Let's pray.
God, I thank you for uh, Kobe's life and his impact on me and the world. And God, right now, I pray for his family and all of the families that lost loved ones that day. God, I pray for the world that's hurting and that's broken. Even now, everything is so fresh and the world is mourning. And so, Father, I just pray that as with any moment in time, that people would look to you, that they would not go to any other uh, means of masking the pain and grief, but that they would go to you, God, and feel your comfort and feel your love. We pray that for the families involved and close friends. And God, I pray for the message tonight. I pray that we would truly lean into what it means to live a, leave a lasting legacy and to build something that lasts. We thank you for your word and the truth of it. And Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be the teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said? Amen. All God's people said? Amen. Come on. We're gonna look at two things that last forever from scripture. I believe that there's two things that last forever. Think about it. What are those two things? I believe the scripture teaches very clearly that it is the word of God and the souls of people. Two things that last forever, the word of God and the souls of people. Let's first look at the word of God. 1 Peter 1, verses 24 through 25. If you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there. 1 Peter 1, 24 through 25. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to get you a Bible. We have Bibles in the back, straight there in the back. Take one, take two, take as many as you like. We have an infinite amount to just keep refilling that bucket. We'd love for you to get God's word in your hands. 1 Peter 1, verses 24 through 25 says this. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. You see, at Pinewood, we believe that our, our feelings and our emotions about certain things matter very little in the grand scheme of life. Because opinions change. Culture changes. And let's be honest, we're always kind of a little bit in our feels every day. So is that something that we should make as the foundation of our life? Is that something that we should look to as the guiding north for the direction of how we're supposed to live, the convictions that we're supposed to set in our life? Absolutely not. We do not let our emotions govern the word. We allow the word to govern every area of our lives. We believe that the word of God is God's word. It's not just a book of wisdom or practical guidance. We believe that it is infallible, inerrant, and that it is the sacred word of God. If you wanna have a conversation with God and hear from him, we believe that you pick up his word and see what he has to say in your life. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture. 
all scripture. And so you may be thinking to yourself, I'm with you. Some of scripture is for sure inspired. No doubt, I got, I got your back on that, but not all. And I, I would argue that the Bible says something much different, not just in this passage, but all throughout the Bible. I believe that the word of God is a sword for battle. We see in Ephesians six seventeen it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I believe that it is the light to guide us. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light unto my path. I believe that it is the food that strengthens us. We see this in 1 Peter 2.2. 2. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow up into your salvation. I believe that it is living and active. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is not a book that we read. It is living and active and can jump off of the page. Think about how crazy this is, okay? We open the word of God. We read the words from the word of God. The spirit illuminates the text that goes straight to the core of our bone, our marrow, and the core of our heart, and it begins to transform us from the inside out. It is a living and active and effective word of God. The word of God is not dead. It's alive and it's inspired and it is God's word to guide our every move and every breath. I love this uh, quote by Dr. Warren Wearsby. Uh, he says this, he says, the word reveals God's mind so we should learn it. God's heart so we should love it. God's will so we should live it. Our whole being, mind, will, and heart should be controlled by the word of God. Isn't that a powerful message for us today? In other words, the word of God affects every area of your life, should affect every area of your life. Time spent in the word is time well spent. Time spent in the word is time building something that will last forever. There's a, a group of guys and a group of girls and we're working through the year in a, the, the, we're working through the year in the Bible. Working through the Bible in a year, okay? Let's try that again. And um, I can tell you right now, this has been the most life-giving thing for me. There has not been a day where I've been in the word where I've thought to myself, ah, Really wish I would have been doing something else. There wasn't, there wasn't a single time where I got into the word and I really leaned in and I listened to what God was wanting to show me where I thought to myself, ah, it's kind of a waste of time. Never. Every day I get in the word, I walk away and I'm like, God, I needed that. Wow, God, you are so good. God, I am so thankful for your word. Where would I be without your word? Time spent with God in his word is time well spent. And it's time spent investing in something and building something that will last forever. So we're talking about building bridges and building something that lasts forever. And so I wanna give you some examples of how you're a bridge builder, okay? 
we can often get caught up into, okay, so if I wanna build something that lasts, then I sit and I read God's word. Okay, yes, that is true. But you're also a bridge builder when you step out in faith and you say, I'm gonna lead a crew this season because I wanna bring people around God's word. That's building something that will last forever, bringing people around God's word. Or maybe it's inviting your friends into your crew so that they can get around God's word. Or maybe you're a bridge builder whenever you show up at 12.30 on Sundays. Whoop, whoop, shout out legends. And you get here at 12.30 and you rally outside and you bring in everything that you see right now and you set up church here and outside and everywhere so that the community can show up and they can get around God's word and we can see what God's word has to say about your life. You're being a bridge builder to the community. You're, bringing, you're being a bridge builder whenever you invite your coworker or your gym partner out to lunch or coffee or breakfast and you say, tell me about your life. Where are you at in your relationship to God? You're being a bridge builder whenever you're leaning into relationships and then pointing them to Jesus. You're being a bridge builder whenever you're serving in Pinewood Kids, training up the next generation of what it means to be a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ. How many people in the house wanna be a bridge builder? I believe that we all do. I believe that we all wanna build something that will last. Yes, time spent with the Lord will last forever. You will not regret that. But also, time spent bringing people around the word of God. Lasting, the lasting bridge is the word of God. And the bullseye is obedience to the word of God. Scripture teaches very clearly that we're supposed to read God's word, we're supposed to know God's word, meditate on God's word, memorize God's word. It even says that we're supposed to share and teach God's word. But did you notice that I skipped, I missed something there? Sometimes we, we read the word and we'll often even meditate on the word and even go as far as to memorize the word and we'll skip over actually obeying the word, which was Jesus, in Jesus' final command before he ascended into heaven. It was the Great Commission. He said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the what? The name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So if you wanna build a bridge that lasts forever, yes. Know the word, read the word, memorize the word, meditate on the word. But if you wanna build a bridge that lasts, be someone who obeys the word of God. The second thing that lasts forever is the souls of people. First is the word of God. Second is the souls of people. I wanna look back in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 23. We're gonna go back a couple verses. It says this. Since you have purified yourself by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other, from a pure heart, love one another constantly, because you have born, been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. The souls of people. First, I wanna talk about the souls of other believers. I believe that of all of the attributes of the local church, this should be the most compelling for an outside world to wanna get in on whatever we're doing, is the love that we have for one another. It should be so attractive, so contagious, 
that we may be doing a lot of things wrong, but when people walk in and they see us hug one another, encourage and honor one another, when, when people from the outside see us in our darkest moments, feel overwhelmingly loved by our brothers and sisters in Christ, there should be something in them that's just like, man, I don't have that in any other area of my life. I wanna get in on some of that. What is that? What is this thing about you believers that seem to always forgive, always lean towards restoration, never really dishonor and criticize, but always show this, this crazy, unconditional love towards one another. And we, we, we get to say, guess what, guess what? It's called grace. Uh, and, I, and all I know is to point you to Jesus because anything good in me is Jesus. And this, this love that I have for my brothers and sisters is because God loved me and, and I don't deserve his love. And, and I know they probably don't feel like they deserve my love and I don't deserve their love. And it's this, this thing called grace that we get to lavish on one another because of the grace that was shown to us from God. In what ways are you demonstrating the love of Christ towards other believers? I believe that we can overcomplicate this sometimes. And we can think that it has to be grandiose and that it has to be extravagant. Uh, you want me to tell you some ways that you can love and honor uh, other believers in the church? Uh, don't be quick to criticize. Be quick to honor. Scripture says to outdo one another in showing honor. Don't be quick to condemn. Instead, show love. Man, they didn't text me back. It's not the end of the world. Maybe they're busy, okay? Extend grace. When somebody's going through a hard time, you know what we can do to show love? Send a text message. And if you're feeling extra crazy when somebody says, hey, I'm having a rough day, if they look like they're having a rough day, you just go after them. You just tackle them. <laughs> you just lean in. You say, hey man, you don't look so good. Hey girl, you all right? And you don't have to go all, you know, let them meet you 50-50, okay, you all right? I don't wanna talk about it. Okay, you good, I'll pray for you. Okay, you don't have to go all in, but I wanna tell you right now, like, it's not normal when you're not okay for everyone to lean in. It's normal in the rest of the world for people to say like, ooh, it's getting too hard. Yeah. They don't look like they're doing so hot. I'm gonna step over here until they get better. I don't, need that. I don't need that negativity in my life. I don't need that problem in my life. I got my own things to worry about. But it is amazing in the body of Christ when he says to rejoice with those that rejoice and to weep with those that weep, that we're actually called to do the very opposite thing that the world is, to, is, is known for is that whenever someone else is weeping in the body of Christ, it's our responsibility to share that load with them and say, you're not gonna have to carry this on your own. I'm gonna carry it with you. So what does this mean? It means that as followers of Christ, you might go to bed a little heavier some nights than you would otherwise. But guess what? Those moments when you're heavy, you get to also go to bed a little lighter than you do some nights. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. Souls. Let's talk about the souls of the local church. In 2020, we're gonna be a church that builds bridges to other churches. Come on. With love as our motivation and unity as our mark, we're just gonna go for it in 2020. 
Uh, we believe that this is a calling on our church. We believe that God is doing incredible things in the city and other churches. And we wanna lean into his activity, not just here or in this community, but in all of the evangelical churches in Boulder. And we wanna not only get behind them, but we wanna lock arms with them. There's three ways to do it. Bring them in, show up for them, and collaborate together. Let's try to say that together. Bring them in, show up for them, and collaborate together. One more time. Bring them in, show up for them, and collaborate together. So these are some of the ways that we're gonna do that. We're inviting all of the local churches to our prayer nights, to our Love Boulder Serve initiatives, and to our Her Nights. We're not just gonna sit back and say, man, I really hope someone from other churches comes and sees what we're doing here. No, we're gonna go to them and we're gonna say, hey, we're doing these things. We'd love for you to come. Are you doing a prayer night? We'd love to show up at your prayer night. Are you doing a women's event? We're gonna show up at your women's event. We're gonna bring them in on May 23rd. Woo! On May 23rd, this is cool, this is gonna be fun. On May 23rd, we are doing Capital C Sunday. Woo! Woo! What does that mean? It means that we're not having church here. We're having church at every other evangelical church in this city, and we're gonna love on them, we're gonna sit on the front row, and we're gonna, we're gonna be like, we're gonna give it up with worship. You know, you know. We're gonna shout down the pastor. It's good, preacher. Wow, wow. People are gonna be like, man, I never knew the preaching was so good. It's like, because Pine was on the front row shouting him down. We're gonna high five servant leaders. We're gonna encourage them. We're gonna show all the love and honor and compassion that we have towards the local churches in Boulder. Why? Because we wanna bring them in and we wanna show up for them. 2020 is gonna be a season of unity for the churches of Boulder. Not only that, but we wanna collaborate with them, so we're working on ways that we can work together to serve the city. So um, it was a couple months ago, I went on a pastor retreat with all of the pastors in Boulder, Colorado, and it was an incredible retreat, and uh, we were able to pray over one another, share our dreams, our passions for the city, what God's calling us to, and. Our, I mean, our temperature, like where we're at just personally. And man, it was a really, really, really incredible time. God did some incredible things on, at this retreat. And it wasn't just a one and done. That was the first. And we got another one coming up this spring where we're all coming together again. And we're gonna take it even a step further where we're gonna bring all of our teams together and we're gonna share dinner together. We're gonna get back to the retreat center for another couple days where we can brainstorm how we can serve the city together and love the city together. Come on, let me tell you something right now. There is nothing that we cannot do with a unified church. A unified church is an unstoppable church. When we're divided, what does that say to Boulder? But when we're united, what else do you know? What other force in the world can be as strong as the local church when it unites together? It is truly the unstoppable force. We're united as one body and empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit. Let's go, 2020, year of unity, build a bridge. We're building a bridge. Everybody say, I'm a bridge builder. I'm a bridge builder. All right, here's the thing. You may be thinking to yourself, okay, uh, I'm grateful that you're a bridge builder towards local churches. That's great. I'm for you, pastor. Build those bridges. Go to those retreats. 
right, you are dead wrong in the plan to build a bridges with local churches, okay? I'm gonna do it and you're gonna do it. I'm a bridge builder and you're a bridge builder. We're all bridge builders. We all know people in this city that may claim some faith or are are believers in Christ. You can build a bridge to them as well. What church do you go to? Oh, that's awesome. I love that church. We're for you guys. Pinewood loves you guys. I'll see you on May 3rd. You can be a bridge builder. Take that person out to coffee. I wanna hear what God is doing in your community of faith. Tell me how God is at work in your community. And then you get to build that camaraderie together. You get to collaborate together, share what God's doing in your small groups together. See, it's not just me, it's us. We're all building this bridge together. All right, let's, uh, all right, last, last thing on this, and then I gotta move on. We should be known for fighting for each other, not with each other. We should be known for fighting for each other, not with each other. If you come to me and you say something negative about a pastor in the city, I will shut that Hummer down. I was about to say something else. <laughs> Passion. I, I will shut that Hummer down. It's not, it's not worth my time. It's not honoring. It do, definitely doesn't honor God. And there's so many other things that we could be doing with our time. I mean, like, we, just, we have no time to bash other churches in the city when we're trying to live out the mission that God has called us to. If you agree with that, somebody clap. I mean, something. I mean, we just don't have time to be bashing other believers and other churches in this city. I believe that God's called us to live for something so much more. All right, I'm a bridge builder, and I'm also in the city with other churches with believers, but I'm also a bridge builder in my home. And I wanna talk to the parents in the room for just a second. Uh, as a parent, I think this question is especially just like real in my life. Um, have you ever ended up in a, in a situation as a parent, you're sitting there and it's chaos all around you and you, you've thought to yourself like, what am I doing with my life? You know, like, is this the plan? Like, am I a good dad? Am I a good mom? Like, what are we doing here? It's chaos, man. Uh, I had a moment kind of like that where I was with the kids by myself and, and it was pure chaos. And, you know, as a parent, you know, you try to be intentional, but then you're also kind of like drowning. I love how uh, a comedian said one time, he's like, you know, having a fifth child was like you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. Like that's kind of, I feel like that's my everyday life. I wake up that way, I go to bed that way. And so uh, I was living in this moment and there was this pastor uh, that I follow who is always an inspiration to me. And, and I looked at his post and, uh, yeah, don't judge me. I'm on Instagram while I'm watching my kids. And uh, so I, I read his post and it said, uh, you know, just so encouraged by the church service that we had in our home last night. You know, we, we worked on it with the kids and they prepared the worship music. And, and our, one of our kids led the Bible study and Shoot, I even think they took communion. I don't know. Like it was I, was, I was feeling like all kinds of inspired. I'm like, I'm like emotional. I'm like, I wanna be that dad. And that night I was like, I'm gonna have this moment with my kids. And we were having a sleepover downstairs. And I was like, kids, it's church time. Like we're gonna have church in here. We're gonna lean into, you know, the souls of my kids. I'm building a lasting bridge. I said, let's sing these few songs, and I chose ones that they knew, and, 
And I started singing, it was like, Dad, stop, let's go to sleep. And I'm like, shut up and sing. It's like, <laughs> Waymaker. And like, one of my kids was singing, and then another one of mine's going, uh, uh. I think you all know who, who that was. It was Corey, it was Corey. Uh, like, sing, Corey, Waymaker. Or you're gonna need a Waymaker, okay? You're gonna need a Waymaker. And, and it, was, it was chaos, it was ugly. I tried to lead them in a devotional. It did not go well. People's falling asleep on me, similar to right now. Like, come on, wake up. People's falling asleep on me, and I'm like, this is, this is a train wreck. It looks nothing like the Instagram story, okay? His picture was like him with his kids. I mean, it was like a photo, man. I was like, I would never post this photo, all right? I can't even tell people I did this. This is, this is rough, man. Pastor at church, like, I, surely I could. It was rough, okay? And I wanna encourage the parents in the house tonight to say, okay, I'll put forth the effort. I feel like many of us hold off on trying to pursue like building a lasting bridge and having the perfect devotional or singing the perfect songs for the kids because it's like, it has to look perfect. But I wanna encourage you, like, stepping out to really lean into the souls of your kids is gonna be extremely messy. You're gonna fumble all over yourself, but take a step and give it a shot, okay? Maybe don't Instagram about it, but give it a shot every day. Say, like, I'm gonna try again today to, to to read the Bible with my kids. I'm gonna set a discipline in my life to pray over my kids every night. You know, some nights they feel it and we go deep. Some nights they don't and it's just like, God, we love you. Or they get some good sleep, they need it. God, amen. And it's okay, it's okay. But put routines in your life of being in the word, of praying over your kids, and I promise you that will be a lasting bridge that will last for generations and generations and generations. Souls of believers, Souls of the church, souls of your kids. I wanna to talk to, the, last, the very last thing is, I wanna to talk to you about building bridges with the souls of non-believers. We see in Colossians chapter four, verses five through six, and it says this, act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you should answer each person. I feel like, even as followers of Christ, we're oftentimes known for what we're against and what we're for. And I feel like that's how the world views us. It's like, what do you, I mean, all I know is what you hate. I don't know much more than that. And um, I feel like God is calling us as followers of Christ to act wisely, to be conscious of things that we post before we post them, to be conscious of how we respond to people before we respond. Uh, I love in Nehemiah, whenever he would, uh, was coming before the king, he, uh, I like to call it, he threw one up, you know? It's the type of thing that before you post something, before you respond to something, and before you come at somebody, you, you, you throw one up. And this is what this looks like. God, I really need your help. What should I say? And then you respond. I'm telling you, I think if we started to act a little wiser and with our words, with our responses, and with the way that we love and serve people around us, I think we see a shift in people want something saying, I wanna know what you have. I wanna know the God that you serve. It says make the most of our time. How do I make the most of my time? You make a note and you prioritize 
things that will last forever. And then those things, those priorities will govern your time, energy, and your finances. I wanna uh, share, it says, let your speech always be seasoned with salt. Our words should be salty. So I wanna, I wanna say something over your words today. Put some salt on it. Just, 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 just sprinkle some salt. You know who I'm talking about? Just sprinkle some salt on it, okay? Let's let your words be salty. This is what I mean. We should go encouragement over criticism with our words. Humility over arrogance. Serving over being served. Character over skills. Kindness over harshness. Authentic over fake. Grateful over entitled. We should be positive over negative. Could even say optimistic or expectant over negative. We should lean into relationship, not religion, over religion. We should build up and honor over tear down. We should respect and not hold contempt. We should love and not hate. Come on. Put some, put some salt on it, okay? Which, which side of this characterizes your life? Your words, your responses to people. I believe that God is calling us to be conscious, to be wise towards how we interact and how we talk towards outsiders or people that are not followers of Christ. The bridge of the souls of people, the bridge is the souls of people and the bullseye is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says this, these three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. You wanna build something that lasts? Then build a bridge on the word of God and be moving in the direction of obedience. If you wanna build something that lasts, then have your eyes set on the souls of people and point them towards love. And the final thing is this, both of these points that last forever, the word of God and love are all centered on Jesus. The word became flesh, John 1, 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory. The glory is the one and only son of the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. You see how it all points back to Jesus. Love is revealed in Jesus. The word became flesh and love is revealed in Jesus. In 1 John 4, 9, it says, God lo God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world and that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. At Pinewood, we believe that Jesus is our message, our life. We believe that this is his church built on love and full of faith. We believe that we're here to serve and not to be served and that we're grateful, expectant, and ready. This is a creed of ours. This is a prayer of ours. Before we start every service, we pray this prayer. Jesus, it's all about you. This is your church. Everything that we do is gonna point back to you. Let me tell you right now, if you meet people where they are and point them to Jesus, then you are building a bridge that will last forever. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, or if you'd like to join us on a Sunday, head on over to pinewoodboulder.com. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. And if you'd like to be notified every time we post new content, then subscribe. And remember, just keep coming back.